A select few survivors are tasked with colonizing and repopulating a new Earth. Strong female characters drive the action in this dystopian post-apocalyptic thriller. Georgia, one of several beautiful genetic exotics, dares to break free from the tightly controlled social structures that forces women like her into a life of sexual slavery and forbids all women to bear and raise their own babies. Enter the Hatchery. Uncle Gerald. It was dusk by the time Roxy made her way into the house through the back door. She was covered in dirt from playing in the garden, but she had managed to finish her errand for Joyce. She held out the small basket of ripe strawberries with a proud smile. Mama Joyce, I got some big ones, see? Joyce took the basket. These look perfect, Roxy. Now, how about a nice warm bath before dinner? Will you put in the bubbles? Of course. Okay. Roxy didn't seem to notice anything amiss. She pulled off her dirty clothes and stepped carefully into the big bathtub that Joyce had filled with warm suds. Roxy laid back to allow Joyce to gently wash her hair while she played at popping the bubbles that rose to the surface. Joyce was unusually quiet as she towelled Roxy off and dressed her in her favorite pajamas, the ones with the purple unicorns. Mama Joyce? Yes, dear? Did Mommy say I could do school with you tomorrow like you said? Tomorrow is Saturday, Roxy. There's no school on Saturday or Sunday. Those are weekend days. What would you like to do instead? Roxy wrinkled her nose in consideration. I think I want to go to the park with Mommy. You can come, too. Joyce bit her lip. I'm afraid Mommy had to go away for a while, but I'd be happy to take you to the park. I'll pack a picnic lunch, and we can have a very fine day. What do you say? Roxy tilted her head. Where did Mommy go? She didn't say, dear. I'm sure she'll be back soon. Okay, Mama Joyce. Can we make the strawberry pie for dessert? Joyce laughed nervously. It's too late to do any baking. Besides, you have had a very long day, young lady. Let's just have a simple dinner and go to bed early. I promise I'll get up extra early tomorrow morning and bake a nice crust for strawberry pie for our picnic. Yay! Roxy threw her arms around Joyce's neck. I love you, Mama Joyce. I love you, too. Joyce awkwardly pulled herself free from the little girl's embrace. I'll make us some pasta with butter for dinner, just the way you like it. And then you can pick out a new book from the shelf for your bedtime story. Roxy suddenly developed a worried expression at the thought of bedtime. Can I sleep in your bed tonight, Mama Joyce? May I sleep? 
Joyce corrected her. May I sleep in your bed, Mama Joyce? I'm scared to sleep by myself. Mommy always sleeps with me. All right, yes, of course you may. Joyce struggled between feelings of joy and guilt. She finally had a child to fill the void of loss she'd suffered when Maggie was killed. But the knowledge that she had stolen another mother's child left her with a pit in her stomach. It's for the best, she told herself. Joyce knew that Georgia could never leave the house without the chance of being identified. The border guards would eventually find her and shoot her on the spot. When that happened, Roxy would be an orphan in need of a mother, and her conscience could finally rest easily. Be patient, Joyce. It shouldn't be long. That night, Roxy crawled into bed next to Joyce. She read to her until she fell asleep. She watched as Roxy slept peacefully for several minutes before reaching to the nightstand to turn off the light. She was a beautiful child, like her Maggie had been. She wondered what Maggie might look like today had she lived. She would be 11 years old, almost a teenager by now. Joyce gently touched the mop of damp brown curls that twisted around her pillow. She inhaled Roxy's musky sweet scent. She lay back on her pillow and tried to sleep, but the memory of Maggie overcame her with a flood of emotion. Joyce turned to her side, unable to hold back the quiet flow of tears that dampened her sheets. Georgia didn't know where to go. Her head was spinning with confusion and anger. She realized that if she was seen in public, she would eventually arouse suspicion. She had no identification, no cover in Sector A. It was already getting dark, and she had to find a safe place to sleep for the night. Perhaps by morning she would think of something. That you, Georgia? What you doing out here in the night? It was Gerald. His head was popping out of the garden shed door. What's the matter? Can't sleep? Gerald, can I come in? Sure. He opened the door wider and beckoned her forward with his hand. It ain't much, but you're welcome. Georgia rushed in, then stopped abruptly at the realization that Gerald's shed was barely tall enough to clear her head. It was cramped, but comfortable enough. Gerald had lined the shed with old blankets to keep out the cold. A makeshift mattress fit snugly against the full length of the shed. Gerald gestured for her to sit. I made it myself. Stuffed it with shredded palm fiber. Pretty cozy, if you ask me. He patted the mattress. Have a seat. Take a load off. Georgia sat on the mattress and sunk comfortably into the soft filling. Yes, it is cozy. She sat with her arms wrapped around her knees. Thank you. The ancient smiled broadly, exposing a gap as wide as the bicuspid that had once occupied it. You like some palm ale? I got a bottle or two right here. Don't mind if I do. Gerald reached into a small chest and pulled out two bottles, twisting off the caps with what was left of his teeth and handing her one. So, what brings you out and about round here? 
You shouldn't be out where folks can spot you, you know. They might start asking questions. Georgia took a long swallow from the bottle. I didn't have much choice, Gerald. Joyce. Joyce and I got into an argument and she threw me out of the house. He set his bottle of palm ale down between them. Ah, Mrs. can be feisty. Has a temper, that one does. I've seen it. Georgia nodded, taking another swig of the palm ale. Might be best if you camp out here till she calms down a bit. That's very kind of you, Gerald. I really have nowhere else to go. Well, you just rest up for tonight. Georgia started to lay down, being mindful to leave ample room for her host. But Gerald shook his head. He stood up, grabbed the blanket, and announced politely, I'll just sleep out here in the hammock. Good night. Good night, Gerald. Georgia stretched her long body across the mattress. Should I tell Gerald everything? Perhaps if he knew what was going on, he would help her get Roxy and escape. She resolved to get some sleep and tell him in the morning. Gerald startled her awake at dawn by knocking on the shed door. Georgia, you awake? She sat up stiffly. The palm fiber mattress was too soft to provide any back support. I'm awake. Well, fine, then. Maybe you ought to try to talk to the missus this morning. Bury the hatchet. Georgia frowned. I can't. I didn't tell you the whole truth, Gerald. Joyce forced me to leave. She... She wants Roxy for herself. The ancient's eyes popped. That you say? She's grown unnaturally attached to Roxy. I think she's not well. Emotionally, Gerald. She's taken over. I'm afraid if I try to come back, she'll call the border guards. Gerald rubbed the rough gray stubble on his chin with his thumb and index finger. What she's doing ain't right. Roxy ain't her, she's yourn. I don't know what to do, Gerald. She's well-connected with the leadership. Arthur told me she's used to getting her way. Maybe I should just turn myself in. Don't you do that. I'm gonna help you. Let me think on it a bit. I got you in here, and I can get you out, he assured resolutely. Roxy, too. That little bit needs to be with her mama. He looked down at Georgia, whose eyes were glossy with tears of gratitude. You just keep quiet in here and I'll bring some supplies and we'll cook up a plan tonight. I'll be back in a bit with some breakfast. He pointed to a bucket in the far corner. If you need to take, if you need to, you know, relieve yourself, just use that. Don't worry none. The missus never comes around here. As he promised, Gerald returned a few minutes later with biscuits, tea, and a small bowl of strawberries. I picked what was left in the patch. The missus is baking a strawberry pie. She's up early working in the kitchen. 
Georgia helped herself to the breakfast. Did you see Roxy? Is she up? Didn't see her. Probably still asleep. Georgia thought about Roxy asleep in Joyce's bed. She knew her daughter would refuse to sleep alone in the guest room. The image infuriated her. Gerald, I know you can help me escape, but I'm not leaving without Roxy. I can't. I won't let Joyce get away with this. I need your help, but it's dangerous and... Gerald smiled broadly. Hell, a feller can't live forever. Besides, I just go about my business round here. Nobody pays me any mind. That's just old crazy Gerald is what they all think. They think I'm a dimwit, which is just fine with me. He tapped his temple with his finger. I got more in here than they know. He sat beside Georgia on the palm fiber mattress and took a slow sip of his tea. I'm thinking... We need to get Roxy when she's out of the house, when the missus ain't round. He looked at Georgia. Any time you know when she ain't with Joyce regular? No, not really. Wait, Roxy just started school. Joyce wants to homeschool her, but she mentioned that she was working out an arrangement for Roxy to have some organized playtime with the other children. I think she will start on Monday. That'll work. We can get her from school. Georgia shook her head. They'll never release her to me, Gerald. As far as the school is concerned, Joyce is Roxy's adopted mother. She made sure of that. Hmm. Gerald rubbed his chin again. So the missus is going to take her and pick her up every day, that right? Georgia nodded. Not if she's sick, though. She'd send me to fetch Roxy at the school in that case. What are you saying? Well, I could poison her. He grinned mischievously at George's shocked expression. Not to kill her, mind you, just make her feel poorly for a while. I can mix a bit of weed killer in her tea. She always takes a cup of tea around two o'clock. That make her dizzy and give her pains in her belly. She'll want to take herself to bed. I'll offer her pick Roxy up from school, and when I get her, you'll be waiting at the border. He rubbed his chin again thoughtfully. Yeah, I reckon that'll work. Georgia shook her head in amazement. That's quite a plan, Gerald, and yes, I think that could work. Are you sure you're willing to take this risk? What if she finds out it was you? Nah, she ain't gonna know. I'll fix the powder in her tea while she's taking Roxy to the school in the morning. By the time she gets back, I'll be busy hauling a heavy load of palms to the border. He winked. You know the drill. I remember. Then I'll get Roxy and I'll bring her to you. From there, you're on your own. There's a freight train runs through on the way to the Sector C distillery, stops at the border for me and the other pickers to go unload our carts. You'll have plenty of time to get on. No need to jump a running train this time, he teased. There's a Sector C? Course. That's the sector where the distilleries are. 
In Sector D, that's where they manufactures palm timber and fiber for building and clothes and such. Once you cross over to Section C, I reckon you can get work in a distillery. You look strong for a woman, so you'll blend in. Those distillery foremen don't ask questions so long as you're a good worker. But the border police. There's no border police at Sector C. No need for them. Workers there got nowhere to go. Sector C's an island in the middle of a deep freshwater lake. That's why they put the distillery there. Can't brew palm ale without plenty of water. Only way in and out of there is by freight train. There's a suspension bridge just wide enough for the train to get through. I helped build it when I was a young buck. I saw plenty of men fall to their deaths working on that goddamn bridge. It was mighty dangerous work. Folks in Sector C are born, live, and die right there. Plus, they got all the palm ale they can swallow, so the population is a happy bunch of folks. <laughs> he chuckled. You'll be all right in Sector C. Georgia couldn't believe her good fortune. Gerald was proving to be a valuable ally.